Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Carry, proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Sam Rochel, uh, joined today by Dr. Enrique Montiel. Uh, he is a poultry veterinarian, uh, a long tenure in the industry, and he's going to talk to us uh, today about feed intervention opportunities to improve uh, poultry production and health. Uh, hello, Dr. Montiel. How are you doing? Hello, Tom. How's it going today? Going very well. Uh, excited to, to talk with you. I know you have a lot of uh, experience uh, in the industry and, and excited to hear about uh, what you're doing. So um, can I, I know your current title uh, with Anatox is, is Director of Nutrition and Lime Production. Uh, can you just give us a little bit about what that role entails and, and kind of the path that, that led you to your current position? Uh, well, thank you for having me today. And uh, yes, I'm uh, Technical Director of Anitox. We have been trying to understand what is that it means to poultry production if you can decrease microbial loads because there's a given that you want to kill the bad bugs in the feed. But doing feed sanitation is not only that. There is an effect in decreasing microbial loads in the feed that goes in favor of uh, making animal production better or easier. Ready for more sustainable poultry production? New data suggests that decreasing bacterial loads in feed using Termin 8 supports entric health, leading to improved performance. Gut health is more than a gut instinct. Learn more today at www.anatox.com. Can you walk us through kind of, um, you know, where uh, contamination can can happen, how long it persists, and, and, you know, some areas where it's most problematic in, when we talk about the whole feed uh, production chain? Um, yeah, um, we recently uh, put an app to the service of the industry, the animal production industry, to audit the biosecurity at the feed mill, because feed is like an ideal substrate for contamination to come into animal production. In the whole process, from the time you, you harvest grains to the point you store them, to the point you make your finished feed, there's multiple opportunities for contamination. And uh, the finished product, the load of that finished product is crucial to the animals that we consume. It. I'm talking about the microbial load that are more problematic at uh, maybe at certain times of the year or, or, or you know, based on the, the data that you're collecting, where do you see issues and, and what are some strategies around that? Yeah, well, pretty much any ingredient can be a source of contamination. Of course, the, the protein sources, especially the animal proteins, are more of a candidate to contamination. It has been identified that the crops, when they're brought to the feed mill, to be part of the finished feed 
can also be the source of important contamination. It's not only, again, eliminating the contamination that is of importance to animal and human health. It is that decreasing the microbial load has a beneficial effect, ultimately, to animal production, at least well proven in poultry. You think that's just a lack of looking maybe in the past, or do you think something has changed or just we're getting better at at collecting those data and, and analyzing those data? There's better tools now, but with the intensification of animal production, of course, more chances to contamination will occur. Sure. Yeah. No, that that makes perfect sense. Um, so what do you think, I mean, in your work in this, what do you think is the, uh, the kind of the low hanging fruit for someone who's really trying to, uh, you know, enhance the biosecurity of their feed and feed production system? I mean, where would you look for a, a producer to start with this process? Well, probably, I mean, uh, there's not a magic bullet. Uh, biosecurity has to be at all levels of animal production. And the, the feed meal is part of that chain. Um, most feed meals will have a clean part, a clean section, and in a, what is called a dirty one. In the clean one is where all the raw materials will be. And then the sampling you do has to target all these areas. And like all principle of biosecurity, you have to do your best to isolate that feed meal from any outside contamination that could land into those raw materials of, or of those finished feed. We are in the business of feed sanitation, and what we try to do is to either decrease the microbial load and minimize the possibilities of the treated materials in raw materials of finished feed to get contaminated again. Well, that's, that's called protection against recontamination that you only achieve with feed sanitation. It is not the only way. Probiotics are also used in the industry. Uh, and now a recent thought has been uh, what happens is on top of decreasing the microbial load, you use a probiotic. So by decreasing your initial bacterial load, then your probiotic has a better chance to work because it will have less competition. When you identify, and this is where the sampling plays a crucial role, when you do your sampling, you identify your high-risk materials. And those high-risk materials have to be your targets for sanitation. Um, the way to do that is either uh, looking at the intake uh, as the raw materials come to be part of the finished feed or to treat the finished feed in the mixer or a combination of both. Um, there, there can be also a combination of what you do in the mixer and what you do post-pellet. Uh, because uh, you, you can split these treatments to make them work more efficiently. Are there some best practices for sampling uh, that you recommend or things that you see are commonly done incorrectly that, that could uh, help with this whole issue? Yeah, absolutely. That, w- that would need to be a separate call. There is a sampling protocol, but the basic principle is that with your sample, you cover all your possible high-risk areas, which is from your raw materials to your finished feed. You need to know what happens in the loadout, and you need to know what happens in terms of contamination between the loadout and the point of consumption at the farm. 
there are some feeds that leave the feed meal very clean. No, that makes perfect sense. And what about at the farm? I mean, storage at the farm, does that seem to be a, so obviously you have the trucking issue and then at the farm, the storage, is that, is that a problem point as well? That's also a problem. I mean, the, the feed beans at the farm need to be part of your sampling. And you'll be surprised sometimes what you find in the feed meal and what you find in the, in the feed beans at the farm. Uh, this needs to, I mean, you need to know that all your efforts are not going to be wasted when the feed arrived into the feed bin at the farm. Again, that you need to check that it was clean regularly, that it, it looks good um, visually, and then that it looks good testing-wise, that you collected a sample and it, it, it tests clean. Right, yeah. Very good. Uh, are there other intervention uh, opportunities that you want to want to discuss to enhance the system? Well, um, the, probably the the whole concept. The industry used a, a, a variety of different agents to treat feed. Uh, what's important is your objective. I mean, if you want to clean your feed and you need the feed to stay clean. You need to use a certain type of products that are called feed sanitizers. Um, you can use organic acids to amend pH and to also as part of uh, nutrition and also part of uh, uh, bacteria control as well. Um, but I want to be clear, as important as this is, this is a piece of a bigger effort where you also do biosecurity at the farm you do biosecurity in the feed meal. You do a sound vaccination program. You have your people trained of what are good practices in terms of not introducing new, new diseases. And every step in production will have uh, a protocol for this. Uh, the feed is important, and the feed has this ability to diffuse, like, organically in the organization very quickly. But, it, again, is part of the effort. The most, the most important thing is to understand um, what you, all your efforts to clean your feet, of course, will help the quality of your feet. But now we probably, I would say, starting to understand that it has a benefit for the animal, not only in terms of preventing contamination that will cause a disease, but the, the volume or the level of contamination as a whole has an impact in, in the animal. We know uh, there's some assessment we done, done in terms of production and performance, and now we've moved uh, one step forward and started investigating the microbiome, and we've understood already that when you decrease the microbial load in the feed, the microbiome of those animals that consume treated feed is different than the ones that didn't. What is the practical consequence of that? We still look working on, but there is an important change to trigger there that is something probably totally new. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. No, I think there's a lot to be learned on this. And uh, yeah, thank you for, for all the work that, that you're doing in this area and, and help us to get uh, smarter around biosecurity and, and, what that means, not just from a you know regulatory standpoint, but also from the animal animal health and performance standpoint. So, well, thank you for having me today, and uh, we're ready to talk anytime. I'm a poultry person, but in recent years, I've gotten into swine and into other species too. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the discussion, Dr. Montiel, and uh, have a great day. And uh, thanks and look forward to, to, to learning more from you on this in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening for another episode of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, uh, where we break down the latest in poultry nutrition and research in approximately 10 minutes and look forward to uh, talking with you again. Thank you. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.